Hello and welcome to a playoff edition of the Puck Junk Podcast, where today we will talk about the first round of the playoffs and a couple of other uh, hockey odds and ends as this uh, hockey season is simultaneously winding down but also heating up. Sal Barry here along with Tim Parrish, the real DFG on Twitter. And uh, Tim, you got to be pretty happy with the way things have unfolded uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be happy? When your team advances, you got to be happy. Um, you know, the, the Pens, let's put it this way. I didn't expect them to be out of that in five. I, I thought that game, that series was going to go the distance. But surprisingly enough, Columbus couldn't hang. So I thought it was going to go seven. I thought it was going to go seven. I, I, I knew, I don't want to say I knew the Penguins were going to win. Because you know what? I didn't make any public predictions and... Honestly, I'm kind of tired of, of, like, it's fun to read playoff predictions, but I just don't put too much into it because, look, if you pick the team that wins, if you say Penguins in five and Penguins win in five, you'll be like, oh, I told everyone Penguins in five and I'm right. And if the Penguins win in six instead of five, you'll be like, well, I was close, you know? And then if the Penguins were upset, then it'd be like, well, that was an upset and that's not what was supposed to happen. And so... I mean, we're all just kind of guessing. That, that that's all it is. I mean, we we're just guessing here. So, I'm I'm done with like yeah. doing like predict predictions. Although I would have predicted the Blackhawks in six. As most people did. I mean, how many how many of the the uh, the talking heads on TV had the Blackhawks and the Capitals in the finals? Like a ton, a that ton of sports writers and talking heads on TV. That's what they had, and now brackets have been busted. Yes, so. and and it's funny, too, because, like, I thought that San Jose would upset Edmonton. Actually, I was kind of hoping for that, and it didn't happen. And uh, I, I was kind of... Actually, I didn't really care between St. Louis and Minnesota. I didn't really care what team, like, or uh, Calgary and Anaheim. I didn't really care. But do you call... Here's the thing, though. Do you call a two over, a two over a three, or a three over a two? That's like six and one half dozen in the other. A three beating a two. That I don't, that to me is not an upset. No, no. But like with, with the whole shark, I did, did. I think the sharks were going to win. Yes, I didn't think Edmonton would experience. But then nobody expected the sharks to come out flat every single night. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected their back end D to not be able to put up offensive points mm-hmm. like they had all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, where was Brent Burns that whole entire series? Yeah, uh, he tried. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I saw him pinch a lot, and he just we all did, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, he was. I don't think they could they couldn't match the speed that Edmonton threw out there on the ice. So same thing with last the year against happened. the Penguins, though. I mean, they couldn't match their speed. Right. So that that kind of tells you something about. About that team, and then Calgary. I don't know what happened. Calgary. I mean, they just did not even show up. Mm-hmm. They're guys that they're guys that need to score. I mean, they have a player on their team. His name is Johnny Hockey. Mm-hmm. You would think he'd be good. Well, he didn't show it in the playoffs. I mean, he wasn't there at all. So, you know, the big time players that they needed to show up didn't show up, and that was the end of Calgary. So, <clears throat> I I'm not a I'm not a huge Ducks fan, but. You know, they were the better team in that series. How about with uh, Boston and uh, Ottawa? Boston and Ottawa was a series where... Uh, it was nice I to see know. Ottawa come out on you know top. What? I'm tired of the Bruins. Yeah, and going into it, I didn't want to... I didn't really think I was going to be interested in watching any of those games. Because, you know, Ottawa plays that trap game just like Nashville did against the Blackhawks. And it's like... Is it fun to watch? Uh, no, not necessarily. If you like defense and they're your team, sure, you can sit there all day and cheer because they're shutting everybody down. But the funny part is, in the first couple games of that series, Boston showed that they could break through it. So Ottawa got kind of knocked back on their heels a little bit and had to, you know, had to change the game plan slightly. I mean, they still played somewhat, especially when they were trying to hold on to leads and stuff like that. But. Uh, they were they were pretty evenly matched, I think, in that series. Same thing with the Rangers in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect 
honestly, I didn't expect the Rangers to win that series, especially the first two games when they when they played. They just looked they looked listless. Mm-hmm. That's the best word I can use to describe it. Because I don't even know if they were ready to play. And then here, you know, fast forward a little bit, and they win the they win the series. So. How None of the series went to seven games, and which is Toronto shocking. And Toronto uh, and uh, Washington. I was kind of hoping for well, game Toronto. seven there. That would have been fun. Yeah. That would have, that was the only hope of, a, of any game seven at that point. And I'll tell you what. Toronto gave Washington all that they could handle. They gave them all they could handle. And I'm, I am, I'm pleasantly surprised by that because everybody thought going into this season with all of those rookies – on that team that they'd be a couple years out of the playoffs and here they were pushed hard at the end made it into a playoff position themselves against the number one team and showed the whole entire world that they're ready to play so i was uh i watched games in that series and they were they were very entertaining Mm mm-hmm i uh so yeah so then uh next round uh we got nashville and st louis Anaheim and Edmonton, the Rangers and Ottawa, and Washington versus Pittsburgh. And wouldn't it be funny if the finals ended up being like, oh, I don't know, Nashville and Ottawa? And like C- uh, uh, NBC finds a reason to like not televise the games. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I mean, outside of outside they'll, of local markets, they'll bury it on MSNBC or something, you know, or or, or USA or, or one of their other crummy cable channels like. That nobody watches, huh? How, how you put two defensive trap teams against each other? I, I don't even know how you play against each other that way. If you're both trying to do the same thing, <laughs> I'm not you touching you. I'm like not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not yeah. touching you. <laughs> you. Both you both line up at the blue line and just pass the puck back and forth, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, see, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that we'll see something like that. Nah, nah. Uh, it'd just be I, funny. I think one of the powerhouse teams from the East will still make their way through. I think it'll be Washington or Pittsburgh that'll carry the thing to the finals. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. I, I I would hate to go out on a limb and say which one it is, but I think it'll be one of them. Um, the Nashville series against the Blues will be interesting because you basically got the two tenders in the playoffs right now facing each other mm-hmm. now with Pecorine mm-hmm. and Jake Allen. Nobody expected Jake Allen to play like this, I don't think. Especially after anybody that, that did, slump. Was, yeah, I mean, anybody that did think he was going to play this way was probably his parents, and that's about it. Because I, I didn't expect him to come out there and play as well as he has, but good on him to do so. Ah, well, the I guess fact you that, you know, thank the assistant general manager for uh, turning Allen's season around. I mean, he's... He's a good goaltender. Don't get me wrong, but you know to be playing like he's side of his element right now, mm-hmm. and that's that's good. That's great for St. Louis. Well, you know, in his last full season in the minors, Allen did, and he was with the Chicago Wolves. He did everything he could have possibly done that season. Like, and I don't have the list of awards in front of me, so I might I might get one of these wrong. But if I remember correctly, he had the lowest goals allowed. And he was like voted goaltender of the year, and he was just and maybe like first team all star. I mean, he was just he had a phenomenal season, and you know the Blues basically said he's going to be up here next season, you know. And and so I mean he's he's capable. I mean when you, I mean look, a lot of goalies they play in the minors, and then you have goalies who do great in the minors, and then they do okay in the NHL, but. Allen, I mean, did phenomenal in the minors, so it's it's safe to think that it would take him a couple of years. But yeah, I mean, he's he's arrived. He's big time now. I mean, he was big time before, but I mean, he's still a young guy. I mean, he he can just can keep going up. I mean, a goalie peaks at what early to mid thirties. Yeah, I think that's probably a good number. Play until I they're forty. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah so that's. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm happy for him, uh, doing so well. Um, I would love to see you know, as much as I make fun of the Penguins, um, I would like to actually see them in the finals, and I'd like to see them win again. I think that would be fun. Um, 
I think it kind of sucked when, you know, okay, so when you had all the teams hoarding all the talent, you know, Montreal in the 70s or whatnot, Edmonton in the 80s, sure, that kind of got boring when you had these teams win three, four in a row. But uh, at the same time, it I think it, it's kind of terrible, too, if, like, if, like, every season you got a new champion, which actually that hasn't been the case because you've had, like, what, Chicago, Boston, L.A., Chicago, L.A., <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that could get tedious, too. But uh, I think it'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be awesome to see a back-to-back uh, champion. Well, you know my opinion on that. I'd love to see that. But at the same time, it's like, it's more about for for those of us that are fans and we're hockey fans in general. You know, we can find solace in probably almost anything. I mean, you could pick the two, let's say the two least strongest teams in the playoffs, and if they end up in the finals, hockey fans are still going to watch. Right. It's just you're not going to get the casual fans that that latch onto that. So when we you know we make the joke, hey Nashville, Nashville's going to play you know Ottawa and NBC is going to go bankrupt because of it. Well, that's not entirely false. I mean, because they play on those storylines, so you could try to play on the underdog storyline and all that, and that's great. But the only people that are going to pay attention are the people in that market. Penguins. I mean, obviously the Penguins have Crosby. Crosby's been the face of the league for. I mean, since he came into the league. And, you know, he's still playing at an elite level. He's surrounded by hugely talented players. I mean, Malkin in his own right is top top five, probably top three uh, player in the in the, the league. And somehow, some way, the Penguins keep bringing guys up through Wilkes-Barre. They dropped in a line up just on a whim because of an injury here and there, and they come out looking like superstars. I mean, look, they've got, you know, the guys that are playing with Crosby right now. Yeah, granted, Sheary's had a had kind of an off, you know, first first round. But, you know, overall, these guys are like Jake Gensel. I mean, come on. I wouldn't have expected him to be as good as he is, but he's playing on the line with the greatest players in the world. So, you know, there's all these storylines that feed into that. So having them in the finals, I mean – you might get tired of hearing the same ones over and over again, but it also might bring in a lot more fans and, 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 you know, to watch the game. I don't know. I'm not, a am not a marketing guy by any means, but you know, there's so many people that, that, that fall on the other side of that too, that are like, Oh, Crosby again. I'm so sick of Crosby. You now, know, I'm- every time a new, every, every time a new card set comes out, Crosby's on the box or on the package. And you're like, uh, I'm not even buying that just out of spite. So, I can't think of like, something he's been on lately, but you can prove me wrong here. Right there. Okay, Peachy oh, Platinum. Peachy Platinum. Yeah, we talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yep. the last thing I opened so. was uh, Fleer Showcase, and that had Patrick Liney on the box. Uh, oh, Liney well, actually got a box cover. Huh. Yeah, Interesting. Hey. Uh, <clears throat> not, not, as, not as great as the EA box cover for the NHL games, but let me ask you this. Um I know if the Capitals made it to the finals, they have to they'd have to go through the Penguins. But would you be happy for Ovechkin if he won a Stanley Cup? Like I No. I, what if it what if they didn't go through Okay, that's fine, that's fair. I feel like he's he's accomplished no, I don't everything care. but that. Well, and that's exactly it. How many guys are in how many players were great players and pinnacle of you know their profession didn't win a cup. I mean, we could think of a. Couple. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of guys out there that didn't win a cup. So, does that discount anything he's done as a player? No. Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame without a cup? Yes. Will he be easier? Will be a first ballot if he got gets a cup? Yes. Um, but I feel a lot of people to me Ovechkin because he's not North American. So then they'll always have this argument of like, well, he's not as good as this player. And then the first thing they point to is this player won the cup or won two cups or whatever. And I feel that like Ovechkin, I mean, he's starting to get his due. I mean, he he surpassed Rocket Richard's goal record. But 
and and people noticed obviously like okay maybe maybe it's time to rethink this but i feel like because he's russian that if he was canadian and named sidney crosby and did all the same things he did everybody would be talking about how great he was that's a hard comparison man i don't i don't know i mean okay let start from here okay. so would you say in no particular order Okay, would you say that the top five players in the NHL are probably Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, Kane, and Tate? Go that far and say those are probably your top five. I mean, yeah, Maybe. without thinking too hard about it, those would be the ones that I ramble off the cuff. But I'd actually, I'd have to, I'd really have to put McDavid in there. I mean, he'd have All to right, be so. in that... That same breath as those players, and and maybe I okay. would even drop so Dave's he, off that list. Sure. Fine, top five, top six, whatever. All right. So if those are your guys, right, and you're saying, well, maybe Ovechkin doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he's not a North American skater. Well, Malkin's in that list. He's got two cups, so he's from the same place that Ovechkin is. Does he get the respect? Because he has the cups, I think he does. Or does Malkin get does Malkin get respect because he's a damn good player? I think he gets. Respect. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he. D- you think it's amplified because he's got the hardware? I mean, I, he's won Art Ross trophies. You know, he's won you know, you know scoring the scoring titles. Both won he's, he's done of the all year. that same stuff. Yeah, he's done all of that same kind of stuff. But he has the cups. So how do you how do you differentiate that? I'm not saying he's a I'm not saying Malkin's better than Ovechkin. I'm not saying Ovechkin's better than Malkin. I'm not saying Crosby's better than Ovechkin. I'm just saying simply for the body of work, I can respect what Ovechkin has done. I don't need for my own satisfaction him to get a cup in order for me to think, oh now all of a sudden he's now the greatest. Mm-hmm. Because he's proven everything but that and you know just as well as anybody else one player doesn't win a cup it's got to be the supporting cast right you've got to have solid goaltending you've got to have good defense and it's taken the capitals a while to get to that point so you know dumping 10 12 million dollars on one player each and every year for a contract makes yeah, but think of how many other players that you could have that could be role players that could build a team around. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the same problem the Blackhawks have. I mean, you've got what twelve million dollars tied up in two guys. More than that. I'm more than that. Or no, yeah, it's like twenty. It's like twenty, it's like 20 some million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're both at least ten. So you got Taze and Kane at ten something. So you got over twenty million dollars tied up in two two guys for long term. And I'm not saying they don't deserve. What they've done, I mean, they've got cups. They've won cups since they signed those long-term deals. So it's obvious it off. But think about this. Taking a little bit less than they did before. How many more players could they have brought in that may have may have sped up the defensive play? Because that's what they're getting criticized for. Right. Is all oh, the de- the defense has lost lost a step before? You know, guys just weren't. You know, the passing that they've had that was like pristine and and magnificent in the years that they won the cup it just wasn't there this year Mm -hmm. so you know you get that on a team Ovechkin's the you know obviously he's the he's the breadwinner on that team so you have you have to build the rest of the team around him and I think even though the Capitals are good at and they they play well during the regular season they get into the playoffs and they run into these buzzsaws with these upstart teams that they got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just going for it. So, I I don't know that I necessarily need a Ovechkin to have a cup. Now, again, I'm speaking for as a Penguins fan, but I'm also speaking as a hockey fan. Winning the cup doesn't take anything away from everything that he's done. I think. Okay, that's that's a solid argument. That's just my opinion. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, opinions are like so. Yeah, that's all sports talk. <clears throat> that's all sports talk is is, is opinion. 
<laughs> with statistics thrown in as, as fact. Yes, um, exactly. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, so changing uh, changing gears here, uh, I actually want to talk a little bit about, so it's been the playoffs, and as you know, I've been pretty active in playing top skate, uh, the, the fantasy games on that. And so for those of you who have not been really following top skate or have been like buying or collecting the digital cards but not really uh, playing the, the daily games, let me just tell you what, what's, what's happening now. So they are doing all these playoff contests. And they gave everybody playoff packs. Like, you get a free playoff pack. And the boost on these cards is times 15. So, if you scraped and scrimped and traded... Because I didn't buy... I didn't buy a lot of coins. I did a lot of trading. I wanted to have a gold Brent Burns card. And I got one. And it took me a long time to get there. But I got there. It just I just had to do a lot of trading... For it, uh, for for like low level cards and just merge them and merge them and merge them. But now it's funny because if you had any cards with a ten time boost, now everybody can pretty much get cards with fifteen time boosts just for the, for the cost of the pack. And so, first of all, I think I I I don't I don't know how I quite feel about that. Like I feel like if I was playing all season, like I've been pretty much I didn't really play the, the I I played for a little while. Then I stopped and I just focused on building the card, just building the sets. And then I went back and started playing the fantasy again. And, you know, now it's like, you know, okay, so somebody could just spend $50 on coins, buy a ton of packs, get all these cards with 15 times boosts, and all the cards that I worked hard to accumulate over the season to merge into better cards are worth less than what they would normally be in, like, a regular contest. Have you noticed that, or do you have a thought on that? I, I see where you're coming from on that. Um, because I haven't I haven't delved into the contest as much as you have. I've done mostly, like, the free ones throughout the year, and then when the playoffs started, I just did the free, the free entry playoff one. I haven't really bought any other than that initial pack that they gave everybody that had like three cards in it, I think. Mm -hmm. And then the award pack. Well, I don't know if you call it an award pack. Whatever you get at the end of the, the end of the daily contest, you get like one one playoff card as a reward. Well, at least I do mm -hmm. because my team's my team always sucks, so I only get one. Well, no, some give you one, some give but you I don't three, know some better. give you five, depending on the contest. So I, I've only been getting one. And this is a completely separate issue, but every one that I get is of a team that's been eliminated. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Even use them, but every one that seems to come out is all as of a player that's already been the team's been wiped out. But uh, I've noticed that uh, they do score a lot of points. Even the the even the B and the C team players are, yeah. you know, a couple hundred. You're still doing, couple thousand. still doing pretty well, but but I can see, I can see what you're saying by the fact that you've you've time and energy to to bump everything up, and now all of a sudden, here's an easily attainable one that's five times more than it took you half the season just to get. Yeah, all of a sudden so. you're 15 times Jake Gunsel. Gunsel, how do you say his name? Gensel. Gensel. Okay, your your yes. your your Jake Gensel card with a fifteen times boost is all of a sudden better than my Brent Burns with a ten times boost that I worked hard for all season. Although what's funny is that I kept opening, I kept getting the cards like you said, and it depends which. Like, I basically figured out which ones paid more. So the Tops Hockey Night, if you get uh, a certain amount of points, it wasn't even where you placed. It was just. Um, how many points you got. So if you got more than 10,000 points, you'd get a pack with five cards. And they all had 15 times boost. So I kept playing that one. And eventually I accumulated four Brent Burns cards. Unfortunately, he had a terrible playoff series. Otherwise, uh, or he didn't do as, as good as he did in the, the regular season. So, um, but uh, what I noticed about this is a couple of things. And this worries me. 
one is that tops okay by giving everybody free cards and basically saying okay those those cards that you accumulated during the season come and play this game that entices people who haven't been playing to start playing because they'll say oh okay well this is a jumping on point for everybody the other thing is is that they've raised the prices of the contests you know how they do the weekly face off usually on a saturday usually around 35,000 yeah. coins. They upped it to 75,000 coins. And then the even like the 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 tops daily fantasy like they'd usually cost about 5,000 coins per contest or something like 4,995. They raised all of these mm-hmm. to like some of them are 8,000, some of them are 5,000 and then they even had other ones like Eastern Conference Clash, Western Conference Clash, and then they even started picking out, like, some, like, just certain series, like Rangers versus Canadians, and it's not always the same every night. Um, And so, if you wanted to play all of those contests, there's no way you could do that without buying, buying coins. Like, I was always able... Oh, you'd have to drop a lot of money. Yeah. I see, the thing, what I would do is, you get 10,000 free coins a day, I would spend my 10,000 on the daily fantasy hockey. Then you get 25,000 every Friday or whatever. And then I'd watch some of their videos or whatever. And then just get enough to like, uh, do the, uh, the weekly face off. And then I would Mm. do the free ones too. And then once in a while I might skip a day here or there and say, ah, you know, I don't have a lot of great guys in these guys who are playing in these Friday games. So I'm probably not even going to play. So I just, I would just ignore those. But now it's impossible to eat. And the, the thing is, is that they're doing this big contest where you can win physical prizes, a signed jersey, a signed uh, picture of Claude Giroux, uh, uh, a Topps skate hockey puck. Um, and these prizes are for like the first or the top 100 people. So, you know, after like two days, I'm like, well, I'm not going to place. I am like so... And I was like playing every contest. And then after like a day or two, I was just like, well, unless I spend a lot of money into this... I'm not going to place. And so that's what what worries me about this is that maybe the app isn't as successful as they had hoped. Um I don't I don't know if I would go that far. I think it's fairly successful. I mean, the amount of people that are on there and and the direction it took, I mean, if you look, I don't I don't know if you've downloaded the latest version of Bunt for this year. Have not. But Bunt was was re reimagined, and it's very similar to how they did the skate app. Okay. Yeah, Bunt used to be very, at least for me on an Android phone, it mm-hmm. was very clunky. Yes. And it didn't matter what update it was, still really clunky, and things were difficult to move around and find and that kind of stuff. It's not really like that anymore. It's more like the skate app. Uh, on it that I'd like to fix, but a lot of it's based off of that. And I think, I think what Tops did is they did skate like they did in order to figure out how to fix the way Bunt was set up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I think the skate app was pretty successful um, from a functionality standpoint. Yes, but when you are yeah. when you only have when you have your paid contests and you only have a hundred people. And, and that was funny, like, towards the end, I was placing, like, somewhere between 40 and 60, but there would only be, like, 100 people playing, the, the, well, the, here's, the paid ones. Yeah, and here's, here's the thing. Card apps and trading apps are still something that's, I mean, yeah, they've been around for a few years now, but it's still fairly new. Mm-hmm. And to take somebody that would normally be a collector of cardboard all are and automatically and, and and try to sell them on this idea of well you can't touch it it mm-hmm. and you can't open it out of a pack but you can log into this app and there'll be a, a, a you know a little video on the screen of, of the pack being opened and then you virtually own this card you don't have a physical card but it's in your phone and you know there it is. You're not. You don't get a lot of people to do that. Hockey fans are a lot more fickle than I think a lot of other sports are. 
And ultimately, Tops went after the baseball portion of the of the market share way more than they did the other sports. I think they did the sports of necessity just to capture, you know, bucks here and there. Oh, yeah. But that's what it all boils down to. It's money. People spend thousands of dollars on these digital apps. Thousands. That's not even a, a that's not an exaggeration. You can't you think to yourself, ah, oh, I'm not gonna buy this ninety nine cent app. I'd rather find something else for free. People are spending thousands of dollars on fake cards. Really, that's what they're doing for the enjoyment of it. You can go any time of day onto eBay and the like and find people selling the digital cards that they opened and basically you buy their digital card and they trade it to your account. Mm -hmm. And that's that's become a marketplace now. And some of these cards are selling for hundreds of dollars. And it's a virtual card that they've decided to say that there's only 10 of or whatever. We're just using it as an example. But what is 10 of? Is there 10 of a card? No, there's 10 of a picture. There's 10 of a picture of a card. Of but a people are file. so right. caught up in this whole thing because, you know, you can go in your hockey room and you can look around and, you're, and there's probably hundreds and hundreds of boxes and, and albums and everything else. And mm-hmm. you can look around, you know, my little man cave here and there's, Dozens and dozens of binders and boxes, and and it takes up a lot of space. Now somebody can collect ten thousand cards in no time, and they're all here on my little digital device. No, but it doesn't feel so the same. It doesn't feel the same to a collector, but the people that are out there aren't the normal collectors that are spending all this money, and that's what Tops is trying to target, and and you know Upper Deck with the you know with the E. Packs and everything yeah. else. They're going after the people that would rather just have, you know, the thrill of the hit, and I'm only going to get the hit, or I'm only going to get the limited edition cards, and I'm going to try to flip them to to somebody else that's out there, and I'm going to spend whatever it takes to get it because, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I've seen. I, I follow. I follow. A, uh, quite a few people on Twitter that always post the stuff that they're opening in in the Bunt app, mm-hmm. and you know, not compare this to Skate because obviously the the audience is much larger. Yes, but everything that I see them open and they're like, "Oh, I hit this card today." Well, I look at what the card is and I look at what the set that it comes from, the the insert set, and it's out of a pack that the minimum. To, to, to buy that pack and, and get one guaranteed whatever it is right is 50,000 coins or more wow so and, and the odds of getting it are in most cases you know one out of five one out of 15 right, one out of 50 right. some of those autograph cards are like one out of 160 packs and stuff like that so you're sitting there busting 50,000 coin packs just one after the other that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I don't think digital world anytime soon is going to kill the actual world. But I it definitely impact mm-hmm. in a few years down the road. Mm-hmm. Especially if sports licensing becomes a little more loose when it comes to digital application. You know, you won't see, I think a lot of the exclusive deals will go away, but on the digital side, you know, just like top was introduced to hockey with logos and players. Well, they got a license, but only for digital. Right. You know, same with, same with the NFL, their NFL app, they have a license, but only for digital. So, you know, if it starts to go that direction, I mean, Panini has an app already. Tops has an app. Upper Deck has an app. I mean, heck, Upper Deck seems like they're putting everything into digital now. I mean, uh, every set that comes out, every new every new product that hits the market, it seems like there's going to be a version of. Well, the so, coins aren't digital. You buy them. What's that going to do to the card bikes? <laughs> I mean, you're you're spending actual money, and yeah, if you get hits, you can get the real cards and things like right, that. But right, right. We're, we're talking. 
you're okay. You're gonna throw, you know, SP Muse. It's gonna be available on the digital app. Mm-hmm. So you can buy a box or you can buy a case, and you can open it all digitally. And what do you get? Well, you're gonna get all the hits, and that's it. All your base cards are digital base cards, which nobody cares about base cards. Because the people who are buying lots and lots of boxes of, say, like SP Authentic or something, I just threw that out there, SP Game Used or whatever, they don't care about the base cards. You don't know how many times I've walked into a card shop and the dealer will just have a small stack of cards on the counter and he'll just say, oh, here, Sal, you can have these. Some guy came and he bought three boxes of this high-end product and he didn't want the base cards he just wanted the jerseys and the autographs and and you know just take the you know you can have these or here you can have them all for two bucks or whatever and and like and and that's the thing and and actually i thought that epac was good for that sort of thing because i mean i remember watching somebody break a case and then leave behind like a thousand cards or whatever because they just didn't care they literally did not care about that so i think that's fine um Although there might be another solution for that sort of thing, maybe maybe just have a have your low end cards for set builders, and then your high end cards that have hits, and 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 don't don't have any crossover between the two, and then that way the people who want the high end cards are just buying the high end boxes, and the people who, like me who just want to build sets and don't care if I get this sick jersey auto patch, whatever. You know that somebody else can get that in the other set. That's fine. And that's that's where that's where the line I think is is you have real product on one side, and if you make that real product suddenly available digitally, what have you done to the actual scarcity of that product? I mean, Upper Deck even said their production run of. In series two, included what was going to be available in the digital version. Mm-hmm. And my question to that was, how can that be? Because you don't know how many digital packs are actually going to be opened. You don't know. There's no physical. I guess there's no physical thing that you can say. Okay, here's a thousand packs. Okay, this guy bought twenty, and this guy bought two hundred, and this guy bought fifty, and you can versus people are this digital and what's left is it going to run out is there not going to be any more i don't think it runs out i think they just pick a day to end it and then they end it okay so you pick a day to end it now what is that going to do to the physical product well it's going to do exactly what it has done you look at the sites like sports lots and check out my cards now all of a sudden like the dollar two dollar three dollar insert cards are now 20 cents right and you found that out when you completed because your canvas set sure because these are cards that three four years ago you know you'd find maybe some of these quarter boxes but most of the name players would be in you know when you go to card shows they'd two be in the 50 dollar boxes two to ten dollar boxes They'd be all sealed away in their nice little top loaders and everything else. Now, these same cards are selling for twenty cents. Right. I mean, I bought a, a Sidney Crosby. I think it was a canvas card. I think I paid like thirty-two cents for it. But the other thing too, look at the card counts. Because Upper Deck made it easy to move your cards over into your Check Out My Cards count. Right. Look at the counts of some of these. I mean, some of these cards, these dollar, dollar cards before. That are now twenty cents. Look at how many of them there are. Right. Well, this There's year hundreds, hundreds. Well, well, but this year what they did is then if you get ten of that, if you get ten of that whatever card, you could trade it for. Okay, say like the base cards for instance. Ten base cards gets you a silver foil, but you get ten of those sure. silver foil. You could trade them for like a whatever refractor type foil card. And so they're they're trying to remedy okay. that by just basically making more parallels, like. But then that means that you, in order for you, you to see get the, that you one see what parallel, you do there, right? What? No, no. Finish what you're saying. So in order to get that one special parallel, it might take you a hundred cards, whereas before it took you ten copies of the card or five of a young gun. Now it takes you ten times ten, so a hundred, or twenty-five of a young gun. 
And yeah. I'm just talking about like the base set. They also did that with like the uh, the portrait inserts and some of the other inserts, which I, I we'll we'll see how that plays out. I haven't seen, I haven't really been following that, so I, I don't know. But what were you going to say? Well, remove the digital aspect of that. Now, put that into a physical product. Okay, so you're you're busting up, you're busting up cards and you get this little this little thing in there it's a, this is good this is good to redeem along with 10 of these other cards for uh uber rare gold refractor version of this card right okay well so you're looking and you're like okay i have this card i got one of these in this box because as we all hope, most boxes are collated correctly, so you, where you don't get very many doubles, if any at all. Right. So you open this box, you get no doubles, you have one card. So then you go out, you buy two more boxes. Out of both of those boxes, you, you get another one of that one card. So now you have two. So then you go to a card show, you find some guy that's got like three or four of them, you buy those up. So now you got like six or seven of them. Right. And so you gradually get, get to that point. Now you got ten, you're going to trade those in. And you're going to get this other card. How many people are going to go through the process of finding all 10 of those? In person? Not many. Not very You're going to get many. player collectors that are looking for all those cards. Yeah, you're, going to, you're not going to get people going and searching out, you know, trying to find all this stuff. You'll have people posting on Twitter saying, hey, does anybody have, a, you know, the, the regular base David Krejci card or whatever? Right. And they're trying, they're trying to collect them all. And maybe they'll trade for them. Maybe they won't. Chances are they probably won't. And a, few, a select few is, are going to redeem that card. Now, now, all of a sudden, that gold refractor David Krejci card, there's only 20 of them in circulation. Right. Maybe. You go back to the digital app, now all of a sudden, people are dropping hundreds of dollars and they're just busting packs, not even looking at what's in there, throwing all the stuff into their, you know, into their inventory, and then they go back and look and see, oh, well, I have 50... Seven of the card. Okay, I'm gonna redeem them. When I was doing series one, like every single day, but the, like the free packs mm -hmm. that I would get, usually in a week's time frame, I would get at least one card that I would get three of, mm -hmm. just out of free packs mm -hmm. for whatever reason or not. And so when I was able to like flip things to the, you know, turn in the ten for the whatever it was, the right. prism or. What's it called? The rainbow or something? Whatever, foil. whatever that parallel right. was. The silver foil. Yeah, I was able to get a bunch of the silver foils I want pretty quickly, like without having to do much effort whatsoever. Right. And in the real world, busting packs and things like that—it's not how things work. So, what digital actually does? It's taking, it's taking, uh, kind of a task-oriented thing mm -hmm. and kind of streamlined it to the point where. People can get these things a lot easier and a lot quicker and turn them into the secondary market faster. So now all of a sudden, it's just it's the whole supply and demand thing. Mm -hmm. There's a much bigger supply. There's a lot less demand. And so those, those of us that are looking to be completists, and we're all in the same marketplace, those of us that are the set builders, we're relishing in the fact that we can build the upper deck canvas set for $6 when three or four years ago when digital didn't exist and we were trying to build the canvas set, it probably would have cost us a hundred bucks or more to put together all of the, all of the base cards to that set. Now give them a 10 spot on check out my cards and you can pretty much have the entire thing minus maybe the young guns. But right. even those, some of those are 60 cents right. a dollar. Right. If that. So I think it's diminished card value significantly for those sets that have come out and the more upper deck keeps releasing those and making those available on digital i think it's going to continue to lower card values especially on the secondary market there's no way to avoid it unless they come out and say what you said like your point exactly if they make okay we're coming out with i don't know Give me a. We're coming for deck retro again, so we're going to release this. There's going to be a version available to the public that wants to go out and buy a box. Right. But then, and on digital app, we're going to make a separate version that might be slightly different, that's only available digitally. 
and they don't cross over. Mm-hmm. And then you can see head to head in the in the marketplace where these cards go versus where these cards go. You could you could you could measure that. I don't know that there's a good way to be able to do that now. You're proposing a controlled experiment. You have your control group. Hey, and if your somebody test wants group. to take me up, if t- somebody wants to take me up on that offer and test it out, I'd be glad to be the uh, physical product tester. That's funny. If anybody's listening. So, um, rounding things out, uh, was it a couple days ago, or I read about this today actually, but um, that that linesman Don Henderson, the one that was hit in yes. the back of the neck by uh, Dennis Weidman last year on my birthday. Yes. Uh, suing uh, Weidman and the Flames for $10.25 million. Yes. I hope he gets it. Well, he won't get it. They'll settle out of court for less, and that's fine. There's a lot of elements to this whole thing. Okay. And it raises a lot of questions. Okay. Um... If this was two players, let's say, I don't know, um, let's not even use names. Let's say it was an incident between two players where one player let's sucker say, punched I, let's another say player. Let's say Steve Ott and uh, Steve Ott and Dennis Weidman. We can just use those two. Okay, sure. Let's throw those two out there. I don't even let's know say what team a player Ott came is on up. anymore. But anyway, hope he's not on the Flames. No, he's on a team in the playoffs right now. All right, let's say Steve Ott and Jordan Tutu. There we go. All right, so let's say one of those guys sucker punched another guy and grabbed him by the back of the head and rode him down to the ground into the ice and smashed his face off. The Bertuzzi special. Let's just say that happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm not not calling it anything. Okay. let's, Let's just say hypothetically that happened. I've always been the whole proponent of... Okay, I, I like fighting in hockey. There, I said it. I know it's not a popular thing anymore. They're trying to take fighting out of hockey. I don't think that'll ever happen. Fighting will be part of hockey. It just is. Guys are given the opportunity to take out their aggression. It's just gonna, it's gonna stay there. So, I'm not talking about that part of the game. What I'm talking about is there's a. a unwritten rule with players playing against each other and when those rules are broken people take it into their own hands to correct it so retaliation seems to be a part of the game generally if you're the retaliator you're going to get penalized you know the the whole instigator type thing that that goes on but that's a between players and players handle that on the ice and when things go too far there's repercussions for it do i think you know in an incident like that where it's totally out of left field and it happens it doesn't happen all the time and it's a rare thing that that somebody would go after somebody and deliberately hurt them like that and in those cases the unfortunate event happened where you know one player sued the other and it took a long time to settle it and it eventually settled out of court and but it was a long drawn out process right this is different this is a completely different scenario because it's not there it's a referee right and i don't care what sport it is any sport if there's an official or if there's a referee the first rule is don't touch them. Right. Period. And it's like that in every single sport. You your hand on an official, there's going to be problems. Even if you didn't mean it, there's going to be problems. Because it's happened before. You don't touch an official. You're taught that long beforehand. Now, I don't know what was going on in Weidman's head. Nobody knows. People say, oh, he had a concussion. He was delirious. He thought it was another player. Whatever. And most of those people saying that was the Canucks organization. The Flames? Or, yeah, sorry. The Flames organization. Right. I don't know why I okay. said Canucks. It begins with the letter, same letter. <laughs> um, Calgary Canucks, yeah. It's in the same, it's in the same country. It's a, it uses yeah. the same um, alphabet. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you remember when the whole incident went down, the, the Flames did everything... 
to basically defend Weidman and protect the organization because they messed the entire thing up. The way they handle it, they screwed it up. And so I don't know that I believe lawyer injuries that were in that um, trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the, what do you call them? The briefing mm-hmm. that was released to the public that showed everything. Yeah. I don't know that I believe all those because you can turn on, you know, UPN or the WB at any time during the day and see 15 lawyer commercials all advertising the same thing. In a wreck, need a check? Typical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glenn Lerner, he's the heavy hitter. He'll get you. He'll Gotta get bring you your a check. cannon to this uh, fight. Yeah. So all of these guys, they know how to do. They know what they're doing. It's it's typical boilerplate lawyer speak. Has he returned to a game? Has he been no to referee? No. no, he has not. Is he suffering problems? Neck problems? Back problems? Knee problems? Probably. I mean, he got hit pretty damn hard and it was totally out of the blue and totally unexpected and he was not ready for it no so and weidman's a big dude he got and he's a strong dude i agree and 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 i do not discount any of those injuries all the other stuff the psychological the this the that the other i mean he's he's got you know long-term you know brain injury he's got vision problems he's got you know you name it. Every every symptom that's on every drug that's advertised on TV, he's he's got, mm-hmm. and he's suing them because of that. But I think he's well within his right to do what he's doing, for the simple fact that there's an organization that tried to back a guy that was knowingly in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And still got behind him. And I, I'm all about team first and protect your teammates and, and all that kind of stuff. But when somebody is, is completely in the wrong and everyone knows it, you don't put your back behind that horse. You don't. Yeah, that was pretty you bad. You can't, you can't. And I think, and that's why I said, I again, I'm not, what happens on the ice, stays on the ice kind of thing is generally my opinion. But realm because it ended up being an official and what what does Weidman do? Weidman was suspended. Is he playing? He still plays? This guy? Never. He's never never put the stripes back on. Right. So, I mean more power to him. I agree with you though. He's not going to get ten and quarter million. It's going to settle out of court. It's going to settle for a fraction of that. But it's going to make a statement. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, and that's... And... I mean, referees can... They can work a long time. So I don't know what a ref makes in a season, but they can, They can. you know... You got refs who can ref at, you know, 50. And, uh, you know, his career is ended by that. What does Dennis Weidman make in a season? I, I don't know, but... You know that? a couple mil. Yeah, so I mean, I guarantee you, a referee's not paid a couple million dollars. No. So, and you know, sometimes refs work every single night. So, I don't know. It's you know, it's one of them things. Well, um, it, it was a freak thing that happened, and we'll see see how it works out. Last uh, last thing I want to talk about is the. Uh... It was a couple days ago. I got a little. Uh, I have the NHL app on my phone, and sometimes the information they send is useful. Sometimes it's kind of dumb. Um, but it was like, well, this this I just thought was dumb. They announced that the results of the expansion draft will be unveiled at the award ceremony in Las Vegas. So is that like after like? The winners get their prizes, then the losers get their prize. Ah, losers, I don't know. I mean, okay, this isn't going to the 1991 San Jose Sharks, um, although some guys wanted to go there um, for for different reasons. But I mean, really, like the I feel this is ridiculous. Like because if you think about it, the 
the guys that go to expansion teams, they're the cast-offs, right? More or less. I mean, they might get a good player. I mean, yes, the, the Panthers got John Van Beesbrook for reasons we won't get into. But, you know, like, yeah, you do end up with a couple of good players on expansion teams. One of my favorite hockey cards is a uh, it's a card of Harry Howell with the Golden Seals. Just a nice head and shoulder portrait. He's got like that, that, I don't know if he's wearing, yeah, it's his yellow jersey and it's got like a bright pink background and he's got like gray hair because he's like probably in his 40s or close to it. And I just, I love that card. And you know, I go, wow, man, like even really good players ended up on some bad teams in their career. It's just part, it's just part of it. But the the award show i mean i just feel like who is that who is that comic a couple of years ago that that um he didn't host the awards he hosted the 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 fantasy draft uh, uh he hosted the fan i'm not sure i know jay moore hosted the the award show okay jay moore couple, but then who was times. another guy was it like rob riggleman or riggle or i don't know oh rob Rigg, rob riggle yeah rob okay riggle. right so i feel like he That's needs right. to I yeah, because he's making fun of Tim Thomas because he's like, oh, you know you're old when the team that you were drafted by isn't even around anymore. Ha ha ha, right? And, like, I feel like he needs to, like, be revealing each player, like, one at a time. Like, you know, like the, the family feud board where it's a survey said and it, like, flips and you see, like, whatever. Like, I feel like they need to, like, reveal the names one at a time and then he needs to, like, roast that player, you know? Like... Oh, Brent Seabrook, huh? Well, I guess that's going to free up a little money in Chicago, don't you think? You know what I mean? Or or, or whatever. Like, you know, hey, you can gamble some of that $7.25 million when you're not practicing for the Golden Knights or whatever, right? Like, I, I feel like, I just, I don't know, it just feels dumb to me. I got a better idea. All right. Yeah. Since it's in Vegas, yep. put up a giant Kino board. Okay. And just start drawing Kino numbers. And whatever number gets drawn, whoever wears Here's that number is automatically on the new Vegas team. Oh, so like if you pick the two, every player with the number two would go on that team. Yeah, is yep, every player with the number two is open for that pick and then somebody gets picked. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't get twenty nine defensemen. No, 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 no. You couldn't do that because that violates the, the rules of the, the draft. So you just you just pull Kino ball numbers mm-hmm. and then and if you happen to pull Kino ball that that there is nobody with that number, I don't know. You'd have to come up with a different rule for that. Mm-hmm. But but that'd be but that'd be Vegas, you know. Kino and people are playing the cards and playing their numbers. For those of you that know what Kino is, I don't know if any. I don't. I'm just I'm just is, I'm just imagining it's like a bingo thing where they draw the numbers. It's it, yeah, it's kind of like bingo. You pick so many numbers and then try to see how many you get right when it randomly picks the balls. So kind of like the lottery, sort of. But it's quick, and they happen a lot. I mean, anyway. look, I, I see your point. It's kind of it's kind of over the top and ridiculous, and and how they're going to do it. But at the same time, this isn't like any of the other drafts. They're they're trying to set this draft up with a little more excitement, I think. So, the fact right. that the awards are in Vegas, the new teams in Vegas, right? Hey, well, it'd be even more interesting if they announced that the play announced the players that were drafted onto the Vegas team. Before even telling the players. Now that would be interesting. And see how many of them are actually sitting in the audience. And then they immediately put the camera on them when they find out that they were sent to the other team. Now that would be must-see TV right there. Oh, dude, that would be great. <laughs> that'd be like that'd be like with the with the Hunger Games when they like draw the names. Yep. And then you have like yeah. two you have like two peacekeepers drag you to the stage and then they, they put a golden knights jersey on you and then they put a microphone in front of you and make you give a speech, you know, on on the yep. spot. That would be so wrong. Cause I guarantee at least seventy percent of the players that they put the camera on would immediately be on their cell phones calling their agents. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I had a no movement clause. How is this even possible? Exactly. You, you said you'd get me sent to Florida where there's no sale, you know, no income tax. There's no income tax about it either. Yeah, hell, I'd want to play for the Panthers just for that reason alone. Actually, there's income tax. There's just no state tax. So, well, okay. There's no state income tax. You still have to pay federal, but well, there's yeah. no state. 
Yeah, there's no state income tax. Feds so. are always going to get their cut, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, that 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 be yeah. I can think of I can think of the twenty five reasons why I would uh, would want to do that. What was I going to say? I guess that's all I was going to say. I, I guess I can't really top uh, a Hunger Games reference at the end of our podcast. So uh, there you go. Well. Thank you for listening uh, to the end of this, and hopefully uh, we haven't uh, driven you away from listening to the next one, whenever, whenever that is.